After years of helping online businesses make more money by advising them on their taxes and finances, I've now made it my mission to reach as many profitable online businesses as possible to help them save on their taxes and make more money. On my quest, I bring you proven and real profitable online business owners, and we dig into how they do it. Hello again. We're here on the few, the proud, the profitable. This is the podcast where we talk exclusively to six and seven figure online business owners. We know that in this world, there's a lot of people who fabricate, who exaggerate their success. So what we do here, we take the guesswork out of it for you. We've vetted all of our guests and we know that they're actually making money online, that they're actually legit. So we get tips from them that hopefully you'll be able to put into practice. Got one of those today. Kim Barrett, thanks for being here, man. My pleasure, man. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, this is going to be fun. So just to get started, tell everybody who doesn't know who you are, who you are, what do you do? Yeah, so I'm Kim. We, uh, we have a company called Your Social Voice. We're based in Perth, Australia. We work with people all over the world. We help them scale up their Facebook ads either by doing it for them or we help them install our marketing systems into their business so that they can get more leads, make more sales and ultimately have less stress in their business. Yeah. That's awesome. Facebook ads is, is sort of an interesting space to me because it seems there are people who do it at this amazingly great level. And yeah. then you, it seems to also be where entry level marketers start, even when they have no concept of what they're doing whatsoever. Oh, that is, to be honest, one of the biggest pains of my existence because so many people will just teach and then they're like, oh, look, you can go and get a client. You've got all these you can get all these people lead sales and you can just, just charge them money and no, no problem. And I'm like, oh, like you probably shouldn't be doing that. Like, cause then, then people come to me, they're like, Facebook ads don't work. You're all just a bunch of hucksters. And I'm like, oh, but that's cause you worked with a person who's done Facebook ads for two weeks. Right. Um, you know, like <laughs> well, and they, they bought a course that was designed for the way Facebook ads worked two years ago. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, or they just bought a course and it said that you can start a six figure, a seven figure marketing agency. And it's like, well, like, yes, I know you can, but like, are you going to do it in two weeks? And then should you go and charge people lots of money for it? You mm -hmm. know, probably not. So, you know, I'm, I'm definitely on your side where you're like the, the online world. It's so like dangerous in that regard for people and businesses and people that don't really give like an understanding, it's like, oh yeah, this person just said I can go do this, and it's like, yeah, but do you care about the business at the, on the other side that you're going to be doing the stuff for? Like, right? Uh, sometimes I don't think they do. No, I think a lot of times it's either a desperation or just really wanting to get your feet wet to where you feel like your clients are paying for your training in this space. It's they're they're paying you a real premium for the beta testing that is your business. Yeah, and. Yeah, it's, it's just sort of fascinating because like you said, this screws the guys who are in your position who are actually operating at this high level because for a lot of digital marketing things, the clients have no idea how it works. No. Zero concept. And to be honest, that's like, I, I do try and encourage people. I'm like, you don't have to figure out and know how to do everything in digital marketing, but you definitely should have a foundational understanding so that you can have a decent enough conversation and know if someone tells you something and you're like, Oh, hang on, that does not sound right at all. But if you don't know, you literally don't know. And it's like, Oh, like, you know, how do I know what the outcome is? It's like, you have to know with your, like when you go to get your car serviced, right? Mm -hmm. You're like, 
cool. You know that, all right, I, like I can see my tires. I don't need new tires. I know that when I drive, I, like, I can see my oil levels. And they're like, oh, you need a complete oil change and four new tires. You should be able to go. But there's like, look, there's tread on my tires. I don't need new tires. You know yeah. what I mean? You need to be able to like have that level of awareness. Yeah, just these reasonable baseline understandings. It's It was funny back, this must have been... 2014 or something i was looking for a new seo guy and so this guy kept talking to me me about matt cuts he's like oh yeah matt cuts he's shaking in his boots because they can't this strategy there's no way matt cuts was the anti-spam guy from google who like left the company or went on sabbatical back in 2010 Mm -hmm. and three years later he's still talking about him as if he's like the head honcho Just, just little baseline awareness of what's going on i think in anything is so important yeah it's so true and it's yeah otherwise i I think it's like you can then like you it's not that it's your fault then because it's definitely on the service provider to actually provide a good service but it just allows you to at least see through and filter through and go oh that person like is probably not the person for me to work with yeah absolutely all right cool man So second question that we ask everyone is what's the best thing about having a profitable online business? Look, I I would say it it does. It literally does give you, and look, I want to, I have an online business, but we still have a full physical office with Mm -hmm. a full team. Um, But I mean, the the good part is that really all of our team can, if we need to, can work location independent. So I still, and that's like the, you know, the, the old uh, laptop lifestyle dream that everyone sold. But it's like, uh, we, we do have the ability, like we literally fly out in four hours time to the east coast of Australia, I still work while I'm there. It's not like I need to go and open up a file drawer in my office and, you know, like pull out and try and figure out where my files are and stuff. So like everything's online. I can work. We have clients all over the world, which again, you know, go back 15, 20 years are probably yeah. pretty hard for me to have an online business working with clients all over the world without me flying to America, flying to mm-hmm. Asia, flying mm-hmm. to Europe. And it's like, now it's like, cool. It's like, cool, do you want to jump on Zoom? Yeah, great, done, problem solved. And that's kind of similar to the way that we've got it here because we've got our physical office. We have clients come here. But as we've shifted more and more towards the online, not only do we have clients all over the country, weirdly enough, even as a tax practice, we're picking up more people all over the world with some international clients. But it also, just the... Freedom's always sort of the the cliche answer of why it's so great to be online, but it is true. The flexibility it gives you is like nothing else in terms of owning a business. Yeah, I think that's probably a better word. Flexibility is like, because yes, like freedom, when I think when some people say it's like, oh, you never have to work and it's like, no, like I I work a lot, right? (laughs) Like I was literally in, it's 7 a.m. here now. I was in the office an hour ago, um, at least an hour, an hour and a quarter ago, um, already getting prepped for the day, getting stuff done, mm-hmm. and you know I won't finish tonight until quite late. Um, but I do have, but I have the flexibility to go. Cool. When do I want to work? How do I want to work? And obviously, we right. have big goals, so that's why I work really hard. But um, you know, I, I do have that flexibility. And if I want to literally pick up my laptop and go, and you know, on the weekend, and I uh, go to you know Bali or Fiji and, and work mm-hmm. from there, I can do that too. I mean, it yeah. looks cool for, my, for the for the uh, like we'll say right, oh, yeah, for the snap pictures. a selfie. Yeah. And they're like, oh, these guys have got it good. And it's like, yeah, this was that was a 10-minute break that I took while, uh, right. <laughs> while I was hustling. Well, it's funny. I've got certain clients where they travel all the mm-hmm. time. They're basically just nomads. And they're going to these exotic places. And 
for marketing purposes and their own enjoyment, yeah, they'll, they'll snap the selfies and look at how these exotic locations are at, but they'll put on there. They, they don't try and hide it. They're like, yep, did this in the hour break we had on the 12 hours we were working today. Yeah. So you do have this ability to, if you had a regular job, if you had a brick and mortar business, like I feel bad. We've got some small scale retail clients they're, they work seven days a week because the store is open seven days a week. But exactly. these online clients, yeah, they're, they're crushing it. They're working like madmen, but they're able to literally travel all over the world while they're doing it and work the hours they want to work, work with the clients they want to work with. Yeah, exactly. I think that's the best. And that's a, the other, one of the other benefits is that you do get to choose, and especially when you leverage things like Facebook ads or you leverage mm-hmm. real specific things where you can be so targeted. It's like, cool. I yeah. only work with people that I like that I think are cool <laughs> that I want to hang out with. Cause you know, we're running an event on the weekend and it's like, if you're going to spend two days with me, you've got to be a cool person. Cause otherwise I'm going to be annoyed and frustrated and I don't want to work with them. So you get that right. benefit. It's not like, as you say, bricks and mortar, or if you had a restaurant or something, you've got to deal with who comes in. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, cool. And then it's like, if they're not, you're like, if you don't like them or they're, they're rude customers or something like that, you're like, well, but they came in and ordered food. So I have to serve them with online. It's like, Oh, cool. I'm only going to target these people that like mm-hmm. this sort of stuff that are similar to me so that if I get to work with them, they're, they're going to be ideal. Yeah. Because if you're limited based on either volume or geographic region, like you're saying, you're stuck because mm-hmm. you've got such a limited population to begin with that you can only afford to be but so choosy. But when you're targeting either nationally or globally, and then you're able to hone down the way you do with Facebook ads to this perfect match of a client, hopefully. Yeah. That, that's just pretty amazing when you think about it. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's phenomenal. And then, uh, yeah, you get to make, and then it's funny because then you get them all together. They're like, oh, how come all of us are so similar? And it's like, I wonder why. Like, it's, you know, like, <laughs> totally on accident. Yeah. But yeah, it's like, but like you're saying too, on actually liking people, one of my favorite pieces of advice, so it's funny, I was interviewed today for some publication that'll come out in like six months about firing clients, about as a CPA, how you manage that when you have to fire them. And one of my favorite pieces of advice, there was a business partner of mine who was working with a high-end consultant. I tell the story all the time where the language he used was a lot more colorful than this, but one of his main mantras was paraphrase, no jerks. Mm, Yeah. No jerks. He said, I don't care how much they're paying you. I don't care how big of a client they are. They are going to cost you in the end. They're going to cost you your energy, your time, your sanity. And ultimately all that mess costs you, costs you money. Mm. And so, yeah, if you, if you have the flexibility, you do working online, specifically targeting the right customers, it gives you that luxury that some businesses just don't have. Yeah. And like we liken it to the, in a very Australian way, the beer test, it's like, would you sit down and have a beer with them? If not, cool, move on. It's like, yeah. you know, like, and, and that's, and that's the benefit. And I think that's the, but a lot of problems that people face, especially if you, if you don't know how to effectively market and advertise your business properly, mm-hmm. what you'll do is you're like, I need to work with anyone that comes in. Right. So you're like, I have to work with them. And it's like, well, no, like saying we've had to fire clients before and, and not just for um, uh, like not, not right fit personality wise, but just profitability. Some of them, agents sure, were worth sure. like, we charged them a lot, but they took a lot of hours. So I was like, oh, well, it's just not, it doesn't make sense. We're working for free. Yeah. But um, yeah. 
like that personality test and it's like, cool, now we go and we get them come in. And because the whole team has to, like I talk to them, if I like them and then the team talks to them, sometimes they'll be like, mm, I don't know how long this person will last because like there's a, there's a clash or we like, they don't get along. And it's like, cool, well, let's just not work with them. Then like it's mm-hmm. this may as well shortcut it rather than go, we have to work with them. It's like, well, we get to choose who we want to work with. Let's choose the best people possible. Yeah, because even for any business, even what, even if you're doing info products online for, for any business, it, there's different levels based on the industry and what you're selling, but you do have a limited amount of bandwidth. Mm. And over time, sure. That scales, you add a new staff member, you add additional administrative help and, and that goes up, but we don't have unlimited time and energy to where if instead of having to do what a lot of people do or either one, you just put up with it or two, you deal with the client for a couple of years and then lose your mind and just tell them to, <laughs> to get out. If you're able to do that on the front end, like you're saying, that's powerful. hundred percent. And I think it's just being willing to let clients go. And there's like a Jay Abraham. I'm a big advocate of, I love mm-hmm. all of his stuff and the, um, his um, theory of preeminence. And the whole thing is like at the beginning, if you're not the right fit, you're actually doing the client a disservice. A lot of people yeah. think about themselves and it's like, well, actually, why don't you send them to someone who's more aligned with who they are, mm-hmm. uh, more aligned because someone will align with them somewhere. Like you might not be the right fit, but someone else will, will fit with them. So it's like, cool. So like we are probably the, I would say like one of the uh, biggest like referring ad agencies. Cause I like all the time I send clients to other people. I'm like, not a fit for me. I'm going to send them to John. I'm going to send them to Pete. I'm going to send them to, uh, to Matt. Like, and sometimes I get along with them um, much better than they would with me. So mm-hmm. I'm like, okay great and it's like i get to send them away i'm happy all these other guys are happy the people that i refer to happy and it's just like yeah. everyone wins well it's funny in that interview i was doing today they were asking like well how do you deal with the the guilt of if you have to get rid of a client how would you advise someone who's dealing with this to deal with the guilt and we talked a little bit about that, but ultimately i'm like you, you shouldn't have any guilt because not not only do you have to do what's best for you? Which like you're saying, that's what we always think about first. But I said, at the point when you feel like you're doing this client a favor, because they're so tedious to deal with, they're so time consuming, you're not charging them what you should, you're ultimately probably not giving them the best service. You're not giving them what you would to a client you really liked and, and you meshed with well. For It's a disservice to them ultimately. Which again, yeah. I don't, like you said, I don't feel like most people recognize that. Yeah. And they, and they, and they don't. And it's like, I had to learn it very quickly. And it's like, cause I took on the clients that I shouldn't have. And then I was like, like, this is painful. Like, and they were, and these ones were nice people. They were just way too big for me at the time. And I was like, mm-hmm. and so I was pulling my hair out. This is like Christmas one year. And I was like, I'm not going to have a Christmas. I'm just going to be working the whole of December yeah. and January. And I was, cause it was me and like two assistants. And I was like, this is going to be impossible. So I just called them. They're like, I was like, look, I like, I need to let you go because you're too big for me, but I don't want to. And like, it literally stressed me out. I was like, felt like I was pulling my hair out. I was getting like these like stress hives on my hands. And I was like, this is so painful. But I was like, all right, I'm not going to leave you in the lurch. So I was like, cool. I know some of the best people when it comes to marketing in the world, let me message you. And I already messaged my, a couple of people I knew. And I was like, cool, this is the people, this is their budget. This is their turnover. Can I give them to you? And they were like, yeah. Of course. So I was like, sweet. So I was like, I'm going to line you up with this person. I've already spoken to them. They're keen to take over your account. I can't do it. 
um, just purely from a like, a, and they're like, why? Then they ask me questions, the weirdest question ever. They're like, like, why should we let you let us go? And I was like, no, 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 no. This is not a conversation. It's not that, like you're not letting me let you go. I'm letting you guys go because I am. This I'm, isn't a negotiation. Yeah, I was like, this is not. Uh, this is not fifty-fifty. Come on, I was like, so I was like, I'm gonna push you across. I've got to um, hand you over because I'm not going to do you the best job possible. You are the best job possible, right? And then they're like, yeah. I was like, cool. So you need to go speak to these people. And let me connect you guys up and away you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And again, I, I like the way you put it, that it's ultimately for their benefit. Hmm. Um, it's, it's being selfish in a way to keep your own sanity, but it's also being selfless for the client, keeping all that in mind. Yeah, 100%. Okay. Cool, man. All right. Third question. Thing that we deal with a lot in our practice and what we hear from a lot of online business owners is that managing cash flow can be a real issue. So you've got a staff, you've got a big firm. How have you managed to deal with that successfully? So originally I did not do it successfully. I just asterisk that at the very beginning. I was not very good uh, at at managing that. And I uh, definitely took on too many overheads and, and things like that because we were just growing and I was just selling mm-hmm. stuff and like and I was like cool more people more things like just bringing on everything and then I was like oh wow where's all our profit gone um, <laughs> so I think the biggest thing for me and I think for most people is that like we do, as entrepreneurs and I'll speak for myself and um, so anyone else out there if you disagree that's fine I'm just labeling myself as this person but like if you don't look at it it's very hard to manage it, right? And I think a lot of people, especially entrepreneurs, would be like, oh, cool, things are working, let's just go. And um, we just do things, make things happen, and it's like, cool, there's money in the account, we pay for our bills, we do things, we scale, whatever it might be. But the only way that you can have cash flow is by actually managing cash flow and looking at it and breaking that down. And there's a, um, a book that um, I quite like. Some of my some of my friends that are in like the accounts and finance industry didn't like it, but Profit First by Mike Michalowicz. Yeah. Um, I, I quite like that book and purely because I was the person in the story where it's like, cool. And it's like, cool, put your profit aside first, put your taxes and everything else aside. And then you and then you operate what's on there. So literally at the moment we have a full cash flow that we can see out from uh, like about six months. So like a day to day cash flow based on when we have cash coming in and it works on an average of our company. Then what we do from there is anything that is related to tax and profit. Um, my general manager takes it out and I can't even see that. So I've actually hidden those bank accounts. When I log in, I can't see the accounts. They're not even there. And then in the cash flow, they're not even there either. So I have no, like, so if I make, I only make decisions now because sometimes I'll be like, oh, cool. There's a new program I want to buy or there's this or there's that. And it's like, I look at our cash flow and go, based on the available cash flow, can I do this? So I don't do it because previously it would be like, I look at all the money we have, like profit, the tax, everything. I was like, tax is due later. So I could take that money, use it now. Yeah. And then I'll make more money later. And obviously yeah. that's not always the case because then you take it, spend it, you use it. And then it's like, it can get a little bit hairy sometimes. But now that I do that, I only operate on what I can see as act like, I suppose what you call like free cash flow. That's used for the operations of the business. We have profits aside. We have, um, we have our taxes and in Australia, we also have goods and GST goods and services tax that we have aside so that when those bills come up, we can pay for those. Um, and then the decisions we make are only based on cash that is our money because the other ones it literally has in, on the account name. It's like the government's money, not your money. So it's like, I'm yeah. like, okay, that's not my money. That's the government's money. I can't have that. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny that you say that accounts don't like profit first. And I think part of the reason of it is that 
from an accountant's perspective, what they'll look at is they're like, you don't need all these extra bank accounts. You can track yeah. this other ways. And sure, yeah, you can. And I've got some clients who use that method, plenty of them who don't. But the reason that I do like, and I think it works so well for so many people, is that tracking your KPIs otherwise and tracking all the stuff that we recommend people track, a lot of that takes a very conscious effort. Mm. Where you obviously have to, what you're doing with the separate bank accounts and the tracking you're doing with the profit first me method, that's not happening on accident, but it's so much easier to do that. And you can see it at the snapshot versus, all right, for, I'm going to go into QuickBooks or Zero, and every single transaction, I'm going to code to a specific customer. I'm going to code to a specific class of customer. I'm going to do all this stuff that, yes, is hugely valuable and you should do it anyway. But uh, the percentage of clients that I get to actually do that faithfully is so low yeah. versus profit first. It, it first, it, it does it so much of it for sort for you. Yeah. And I think it's because, especially as like business owners, entrepreneurs, you're used to going cool. Here are the resources I have. What can I do with them? And if you do, if you've got everything in one bank account, you're like, cool, that's all my resources. Right. So sometimes you'd be like, I'm going to use all my resources. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, and then obviously like, you know, if we're a good business owner, we'll, we'll be making that back. But sometimes what happens, I find it's like when it's literally out of like when I don't see it and I don't have to make a decision on it, then it's like, cool. It's like, it's definitely done. So it's yeah, the same as like, sense. yeah, it's like, that's, that's not there. That doesn't even matter. So it's like same when I do, like uh, when I order my meals, I get meals delivered every um, week that are made to my macros. And it's like, now I don't even have the chance to screw up my diet because it's like it's delivered perfectly. And then I just literally grab the meal from the fridge and I'm done. Versus when right. it's my decision, I'm like, but today I really feel like pizza. So uh, I'm going to order two. And it's like, no, I like it. You've already, I've got that. This, you know, like it's that I don't have that decision to make. It's all already done and dusted. Yeah. Well, one of the things that we'll do for a lot of our clients is that here in the U.S., a lot, the way most entrepreneurs will make their tax payments, their income tax estimates, is by quarterly estimates. Mm -hmm. A couple of things happen with that. One, you're making four giant payments throughout the year. The, the other is that people just forget. So what we'll do is for a lot of people, we have them on a salary anyway from their, com from their company to themselves. And we just have it to where it withholds this disproportionately giant amount from their paychecks. And that way that money is gone every single month that gets, just gets drafted out before they have a chance to feel like, man, that, that tax account is building up pretty nice <laughs> and, and finding some use for it. Like you said. Yeah. Um, it's sort I mean, it's like anything else. It's just the path of least resistance to, to hack your brain and to not screwing with the money you shouldn't be screwing with. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's cause you know, you're always, especially entrepreneurs and business owners, like you're always looking on the, you're not really most of us looking on the negative side. You're like, but I can turn that into that. I can take a hundred K and make it into a million bucks. Right. You're not really going, I could lose a hundred K. You're like, no, yeah. I'm a, I'm an alchemist. I can make something happen here. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, and, you need, so, and you need that optimism, obviously, but yeah. doing it with the right, the way you do it and the way people who do it successfully doing it with the right funds, not, you know, there's been all these stories recently about, um, with the there's a trading platform called Robinhood 
where you can trade stocks and options. Some people figured out how to get unlimited leverage because their internal controls were horrible to where one guy was supposedly on like a $5,000 deposit was able to like lever do buy like a million dollars worth of options. Wow. <laughs> they call it like the free money cheat code to where you, you got to be careful not to just go so insane on what we're the way we were our optimism and what we're leveraging, but we're all going to have that tendency. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's like, you know, it's the same. So you should never send, you know, entrepreneurs or business owners into a casino because they're probably going to be like, yeah. I just put it all on black. It's pro it's look at the numbers. It's going to come up black again. And then you're like, no, red. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. All right. Sweet. So fourth question is in a couple of minutes, give me a tip that you think that every online business owner should know. Yeah, it's a good one. I think like for me that everyone should, as we mentioned before, everyone should know how to fill up a, a pipeline. And I think that sometimes, especially with certain business owners, they rely too heavily on one side of things where they go, cool, I know how to do, like I did this um, last couple of years, like, I know how to do Facebook ads, nuts to everything else. That's all I'm going to do. Um, but for me, then I was like, okay, it was risky. One time my uh, personal account got shut down. I couldn't log in and check anything. So it, it caused a big frustration for me. So now I've been like, okay, cool. Like if, if you imagine that the online world is a wheel and the spokes are the channels that you can use to fill up your pipeline, how many spokes can you get? Mm -hmm. And um, for me, that's been the big one. And I think that a lot of online business owners, they all get one thing. And I do, I do highly recommend get one to work first and then add multiples on. Um, otherwise, it's just way too confusing. But I think a lot of them, they don't uh, figure, they don't have the, the best process to figure out how to bring people in. Because sometimes people have an online business, but then they still rely on word of mouth or referrals. And I'm like, that's good, but you're an online business. Why are you not using online mm -hmm. to bring you more customers and clients? Like that, that sometimes confuses me. I'm like, it doesn't make any sense. Especially if they're internet marketers by trade. That's what's always funny to me is the people who oh, aren't yeah. practicing what's they, what they preach. Yeah. So many, uh, I get so many facial marketers that come to me. They're like, oh, how do you get all your clients, man? This is impossible. Um, and I'm like, uh, I do Facebook ads because that's what we exactly. do. So. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's always interesting. Yeah. But it, I, I feel like that diversification is super important though, because online changes so crazy fast. Somebody I had on, I can't remember who it was. They just joked about how internet marketers can ruin things faster than anyone else to where yeah. these, these things that will be spectacular tricks for, you know, it depends on what the shelf life is. It might last two weeks before it gets shut down a couple months, a year, it, these even legitimate ones, even these ones where it's not scammy, but the market just shifts. I've known people yeah. where they were basically running their whole business off of one Facebook ad leading to a funnel that I think was going to a webinar. And then either their account got banned or mm. the market just shifted to where all of a sudden it wasn't really working anymore. And most of them survived, but it was a real struggle for a while. And all of a sudden they're scrambling, trying to figure out how on earth are we going to make this work now? That's so true. And it's like, even look at uh, just the platform closed, like Vine closed down. There was heaps of people that were like Vine influencers and all this stuff. And then they're like, oh, my whole platform is now gone. Uh, 
you know, and it's like, obviously like a lot of the bigger ones luckily were smart and they bounced people to Facebook, to Instagram and, and rebuilt up from there. But it can literally just be wiped out and you know, like there's no reason why they're all businesses. They could shut down tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's funny on because Facebook's gotten so much flack the past couple of years with the privacy violations and different things to where there, it seems like, every six months there's some new scandal and then they're tweaking what they allow and what they don't allow that it's funny where people are strategies that, I mean, you know, this a million times better than me because you deal with it. Information you were able to grab and the way you were able to target and different things aren't, aren't available anymore. And you, if you know what you're doing, you do what you do, you work around it, you find new strategies. But if you're this dude who just has this one little Facebook ad and this one funnel, that's a dangerous place to be. Yeah. Like I was literally having, I had a client a call with um, a good friend of mine yesterday and she's like, I just want to check. She's like, I'm worried because they're killing it. They're doing like hundred K a month or something like that. Plus, but she's like, we have one ad account. We have this. And what happens if Facebook takes this away from us? I was like, well, you're going to be, screwed basically so i was like let's figure out i was like cool let's put in backup accounts backup pixels backup let, like let's put all these things in place to ensure and i was like look hopefully you never have to use any of these but let's put everything in place with the anticipation that tomorrow it's going to get shut down like mm -hmm. let's do share everything let's back everything up get it all sorted because like as i said if it goes down and literally without that without the source that they have of ads to this funnel they have like, they have no, like that's their whole business. So that means that all their money would disappear tomorrow. So it's like, ah, it's like touch wood, you know, like rub salt over the shoulder. Let's like, oh, please make sure that nothing bad's going to happen here. And let's, let's, let's figure out ways to amplify this over several different areas. Well, it, it's cheap insurance. Yeah. And, exactly. and then I think people <laughs> are always get either get frustrated or they don't understand. They're like, well, I already paid for this. Why am I doing this? And, it's way cheaper than what it costs if you don't have these backups in place and something bad does happen. Yeah. hundred percent. Like you just, you just got to do it. Yeah, completely. And, and again, it's, it's fine because it's not a perfect parallel, but we run into the same thing with our stuff where people be like, well, why am I doing this? And I'm like, I never get into the tax stuff on this program because it's, nobody's interested in the technicalities but it'll be like just different things where it's like why do we have to do this why do we have to do this because it's a million times more expensive if something does go bad which hopefully it won't and we don't have this infrastructure in place that's it it's all about risk mitigation right and it's like mm -hmm. I, I, I used to work in the uh, accounting firm in australia as well back at like you know 15 years ago um 15 years ago 10, 12 years ago, something like that. Feels like 15 years ago. Um, but it's just like the same thing with anything. It's like you need to reduce your risk because it's like, yes, of course we want nothing to happen, Mike. But think like crazy things happen. Like in Australia, we've just had about the last two days of huge bushfires, which have literally on one side of the country burnt down so many people. Like I literally had a lady who was um, starting work with us, meant to start work with us on Monday. Her brother was just... Um, experienced the entirety of his home burnt down. And she's like, look, I still want to work with you tremendously. However, my brother and his whole family are now at my house because of this. And I'm like, I was like, take all the time you need. If you need anything, like, please come and let me know. Like my uncle was out on the weekend in this side of the country fighting bushfires as well. Like I think like crazy stuff can happen. So you need to mitigate as much risk as possible because you've got the whole online world. And Hey, what about a natural disaster? Something like that happens. It's like, well, you know, <laughs> then you're up a creek without a paddle. Yeah, completely. 
All right, sweet, man. So last question is, it's one of two things. You can do both if you want. It's either what's the craziest thing you've seen sold online or what's the craziest tactic you've seen to sell something online? I mean, look, the craziest thing, there's this, I see ads for all the time and it's not crazy, it's just weird. But like there's, the, there's a site called Wish and they sell the yeah. weirdest stuff ever. And you see it and some people screenshot this stuff and I'm like, number one, how are they marketing this? But number two, who is buying the stuff from these guys online? Like, it is so weird. Like, and we, um, the other day, we just started doing a secret Santa um, for, for Christmas time. And we've, we registered for a site and didn't know, but it was backed by Wish. Wish must own it. And then they're like, oh, you can put in your wish list. And you go on and it gives you recommendations based on your age. And for me, there's like, uh, like, uh, like uh, bongs, all these weird stuff. And I'm like, why is this the recommendation for me? as a 31 year old guy and there's like a one piece mankini and all this stuff. And I'm like, where, like who is buying this stuff? Like, I don't know how they, how they make it. So that's like the weird, <coughs> the weird angle of things. Like the other, the other thing that I didn't think I would ever see sold from a Facebook ad is um, mattresses and sofas. Like in Australia, there's a brand called Koala. They've absolutely blown up and I bought a mattress from them. It's like 700 bucks, 800 bucks. And it's literally like, choose a mattress, gets delivered within 24 hours. If you don't like it, you can send it back. And I was like, I never thought that I would be buying my mattress for my bed from a yeah. Facebook ad, but I did. And I was like, that was like, when I saw that, I was like, oh, you know, you know that things are real when it's like, if I can buy it, I can get a mattress delivered in 24 hours to my home. Um, and, and try it for 120 nights. I'm like, this, this, this is like, it's a crazy world that we live in. Yeah, we've got a lot of those. And I've got the purple mattress at home, which is another one of these mail order ones. But there's a, there's a ton of them that are popping up, but usually it's memory foam or something that can compress right. down. But the 24 hours is amazing to me because we've got a bunch of them where, yeah, it delivers to your house and they give you 30, 60, 100 days assuming that you're just not going to send it. Most people aren't going to send it back. Yeah. It is amazing to me that they can deliver a mattress that quickly though. Well, I think that now because they've grown so quickly, especially in Australia. So they were one of the first. Now there's many companies doing similar, um, but now they've got a warehouse in every capital city because they know that they sell so much. Okay. So I'm pretty sure it's just like, cool, next day they just drop, they just yeah. go and drop them all off. So it's, um, it's crazy. And that's got to be one of the, the, the biggest things like that I saw. I was like, this is just, you know, um, it's just ridiculous. Like, I don't know how, how, how they came up with that originally. Like, cool. We're only going to sell mattresses on Facebook. And I'm like, okay, sure. Yeah. But, it's, uh, funny, yeah. it's funny too that like y'all must have a different version of wish or they've got a different subset of the inventory. Cause for us, we've got it, but usually it's just clothes that end up being like, it, it, it's sort of a meme on like Reddit where it's like, it's like the, the Instagram versus reality almost. It's like the wish.com listing versus what arrives. And it's just <laughs> this like atrocious quality. And it's usually just like regular clothes though. I'm, it's pretty hilarious. They're giving you like mankinis and. Oh, there is like some weird, like lich weird stuff. And like people are always screenshotting it and posting it. And I was like, oh yeah, this is like, this is funny. This is a joke. And then we saw it when we, it was like the recommendations you go to your wish list for Secret Santa. And I'm like, hang on. I don't want any of these things. Like none of this is on my wish list at all for Christmas guys. Don't get me anything from here. It's crazy. Oh man. All right. Awesome, man. So that, that wraps up the questions. Thank you so much for being here. It's been a blast having you on.
my pleasure. Thank you for having me. It was awesome. Yeah. yeah. I really enjoyed it. So for anyone who's listening to this or watching this and who wants to reach out to you, what's your best method of contact? What website can they find you on? Yeah, definitely. Like I'm doing a lot of stuff over on Instagram at the moment. So you can follow me over there at real Kim Barrett or um, our website is www.yoursocialvoice.com.au. Uh, remember the AU, I think .com still goes to us anyway, but classic Australians, we've got to have our .au. Um, and yeah, if I can help anyone with anything, um, please feel free to reach out and uh, yeah, be more than happy to help. Okay, awesome, man. Thanks again for being here. To everyone watching this, we're asking that everyone please subscribe, review this podcast, your support goes a long way. And thanks again for being here on The Few, The Proud, The Profitable, where we only talk to legit online businesses.